Meet the celebrities on your radio station. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Elisa Ilana Jewelry. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, he's known as much for his 40 million albums selling guitar shredding showmanship as he is for his bow hunting prowess. As much for his outspoken defense of the First and Second Amendment as he is for hunting and conservation of wildlife. And as much for his dedication to those who serve this country as he is for mentoring kids in the outdoor lifestyle. However you feel about Ted Nugent, right now you'll get a peek into the man behind the persona, hear about his new album, Shut Up and Jam, dropping July 8th, the first album in seven years, and his upcoming performance on the 17th at Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs, Iowa, with Hank Jr. He's a rock star with a political band, kicking it with Ted Nugent. Welcome to the show, Nuge. So what a wonderful welcome that is. I feel like I'm part of the campfire. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank right. you. Okay, so let's talk about the new music first. First, you have to talk about the duet with Sammy Hagar. She's well, gone. Number, number one, I can tell the way you guys sing that you have a little bit of that Motown funk brother love spirit soul music running through your veins. Oh, yeah. Don't you girls? We Absolutely. do. All good music, no matter whether it's Boat Alley and Rachel or Ted and Sammy Hagar or, or the Chili Peppers or Christina Aguilera or, or any of the pop artists, Justin Timberlake and all these people, all those black, soulful, emotional bluesy heroes that invented this powerful, authoritative music, going back to Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters, right through Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry, with Little Richard and Wilson Pickett and the mighty James Brown. You're mentioning all the greats. Yes, the Motown Funk Brothers. That really drives my every musical celebration on every song, every concert, every night, every year I tour. And Shut Up and Jam is a continuation of this, especially celebrating that the incredible talents of Sammy Hager, a dear friend of mine, we've been talking about it for probably 30 or 40 years that we should make music together. So he was available while I was rehabilitating with two new knees. Oh, and, okay. And that forced me to shut up and jam, shall we say. <laughs> um, and we got in the studio and we just cranked out these soulful, spontaneous, uppity, fun songs that yeah. are a result of all my years of celebrating music and practicing my guitar. Okay, so now awesome. you are known for your inventive guitar riffs. So when you're in the studio, like recording the new stuff, do you start with the riffs or do those come with the jamming? Well, you know, I play my guitar every day. Right now I'm sitting in my beautiful living room looking at a lake where three Labradors are having so much fun, it's insane. Just, just the splashing Labradors are inspiration for great music. But when I look at my fireplace, I see uh, three or four Gibson guitars, uh, a couple of PV and Fender amps. I got an M4 uh, machine gun, an MP5 submachine gun. So obviously I have all the tools <laughs> for happiness. And I got a couple bows and arrows, and that's my life, really. My life is about not just aim small, miss small with the mystical flight of the arrow, but putting my heart and soul into playing the guitar. My dad forced me to practice if I wanted to play guitar. Okay. Thank God, huh? Yeah. And so when I when I grab the guitar after running with the dogs, or maybe, you know, every day we go squirrel hunting, every day we check the fences and we check the river courses and we work on our food plots. So I'm a real earthy guy. Okay. I have dirt in my fingernails. And I think that natural, primal, raw, self-sufficient, individual lifestyle, it makes cool music and when I grab my guitar these songs just 
blow up off my guitar neck every time I grab it. And this Shut Up and Jam record, okay. we're very, very proud of it. Gotcha. So it's kind of a lifestyle that inspires the music. No question about it. When you kill your own food with a bow and arrow and you're forced to a higher level of awareness to understand God's creation, how we fit in as an asset, balancing the herd, celebrating Thanksgiving, not just during the fall hunting season, but during the spring bear and turkey season. These renewable resources wake you up and they humble you that they're incredibly evasive, incredibly elusive, incredibly survival instinctual. And once you are able to put all your energies and your gifts from God to the ultimate application of taking that wild turkey with a bow and arrow, because I girls, it's almost impossible to kill a turkey with a bow and arrow. They're omniscient. They can see 360 degrees. When you complete that, you are so fulfilled, and you're so overjoyed that you balance the herd, you made room for the next year's production, and you get the greatest, most nutritious, natural, organic, renewable protein God has ever created. Then you grab the guitar, and all that comes out in the lick. It comes out in the lick. Okay. Now we know the genesis of the Ted Nugent riffs. If you've just joined us here on the Mulberry Lane Show, we're talking with rocker Ted Nugent. Well, I think my hunting, my outdoor, my ranching, farming lifestyle, in between rock and roll outrage, I think it so cleanses the soul. It it so taught me that if you're going to jam with these incredible virtuosos, I should remain clean and sober, which I have for 65 years. I've always been clean and sober because I refuse to miss that authoritative lick when I get to jam with B.B. King and Eddie Van Halen and and Billy Gibbons and Stevie Ray Vaughan. When you get to jam with these kind of people, you don't want to be missing anything. So when you're clean and sober, I think your life and your quality of life and your creativity is optimized. Yeah, you're taking it all in. Absolutely. Okay, Uh now does it ever get overwhelming? And how do you handle that? <laughs> I, you know, my initial uh, honest response to that is, you think? <laughs> uh, because I got to tell you, I'm having so much fun. I decided when I was a little boy that I wanted to hunt with the bow and arrow. I wanted to understand wildlife. I wanted to understand the natural order of predator and prey. And, and my dad taught me that you should always put more back into nature than you take out. And by harvesting the renewable resources every year and celebrating Thanksgiving honestly, you are really the ultimate environmentalist because from wildlife habitat comes quality air, soil, and water. So healthy deer and turkey, there's more deer and turkey. If there's more black bears and cougars in America right now, more geese than ever in recorded history. So that is an unbelievable lifestyle participating in that hands-on. So I suppose if I didn't have the release of rock and roll, it might be overwhelming. And if I didn't have the release of nature from the rock and roll, I would probably blow up. So so you are a perfect natural balance. I think we can all agree that the greatest philosopher of all times was Dirty Harry when he said, (laughs) it's a good man who knows his limitations. Well, I know my limitations, and Mrs. Nugent reminds me often. (laughs) Okay. So basically, the balance of your life, what keeps you in check is the rock and roll and the hunting. Yes. Okay, now, the ferocious rock and roll Ted Nugent up on stage. When a guitar was first put in your hands, were you that Ted Nugent, or did he develop over time? No, I remember when I was a little boy, my uh, mom and her sister Nancy, at every Nugent family get-together, they would grab some old acoustic guitars and just destroy Peter, Paul, and Mary songs. Wow, okay. (laughs) They would be as irreverent 
irreverent and outrageous, and it would cause such laughter in the in the Nugent household that that it was very inspiring to me. So when I was a little boy, of course, now we had Elvis Presley and Bo Diddley and Chuck Berry and Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis coming on with uh-huh. this incredible, outrageous, crazed music. And as a little boy, it, it, it touched me. It really okay. impacted me. Yeah. I started taking guitar lessons when I was about eight or nine years old. Okay. And again, my dad disciplined me to practice every day. Mm-hmm. And voila, 60 years later, here I am. Yeah. Now, do you think because of your your relatively strict upbringing, do you think that that was also a key component to, like, unleashing everything on stage? You know, it could, but I don't think so. I think the unleashing and the, the Motor City Madman uh, hyper-ferocity, which uh, nobody can come close to me and my boys, I guarantee you that, <laughs> uh, is a direct result of the music itself. Okay. Now, if I really wanted to rebel against my dad, I would have got into drugs and alcohol and tobacco. Yeah. Um, that was the typical sheep-like lie of peer pressure that most youth went for. But I did not because, thank God, and I mean literally I get on bended, wounded knee every day and thank God that I identified my American dream at such an early age. And so I prioritized my time between school and chores and family activities to practice my guitar and learn those original guitar licks by Chuck Berry and Dick Dale and the Deltones and the Ventures. So I think it was the music that turned me into the Motor City Madman because how can you play Wango Tango and not dance like an animal? (laughs) (laughs) So, but it's one thing to prioritize, but it's another thing to stick to it for 65 years. Yeah, I I don't know why. If you could meet my incredible wife, Shemaine, and all my kids and my brothers and sisters, my Mm -hmm. grandkids, my band, my crew, my management, everybody in our Ted Nugent Spirit of the Wild production team, all my hunting buddies, all the people I do charity with, my God, you would never think that America could possibly be in the trouble that we're in today. Here's an interesting point. Okay. Um, In 1968, my girlfriend and I had a son. Okay. And we weren't married, and we knew that we were too young to be responsible parents. So Uh we thought hard, and we thought the best decision, and I stick by the decision to this day, that we gave Theodore Fleetwood Nugent up for adoption. Okay. Well, 40 years later, I connect with my long-lost son. And talking about genetic authority, Uh Theodore Fleetwood Nugent is just like my son Toby, who I raised, just like my son Rocco, who I raised, just like my daughter Sasha. He's just like all of us. He's incredibly physically fit and athletic. He is so kind and loving and attentive and funny and cocky. And he, he, is, he is such a nuisance. I don't believe anybody could question. When you line up all my children, many of whom I met later in life through varying situations, okay. you'd swear they were all raised in the same household. So there is something to that genetic pool. There's something to that gene pool. You just played your 6,500th gig. Which is why I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, you think? Wow. So how do you keep it fresh? Number one, again, that priorities. I've kept good records throughout my life. I've got, you know, tour books going back to the 1960s, and I remember all the the sock hops and fraternity parties and and local little talent shows that I did. I remember every gig I ever did. So you've (laughs) actually kept a tangible record of it? I do have a tangible record of it all. That's really cool. And I attribute it to my parents raising me uh, with a militant discipline that I have to be the best that I can be, that okay. there's no room for excuses. Okay, okay. Gotcha. 
You're listening to Ted Nugent on the Mulberry Lane Show. We'll be right back after this, and Ted talks more rock and roll and politics. Keep it here. I don't want to hear about it anymore. It's a shame I've got to live without you anymore. There's a fire in my heart. 